welcome to another episode of Appalachian Shine. This is JC, your regular host. This is the official podcast for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement. And uh, thanks again to my pals out in Virginia Beach for letting me use this cool music. It's bumper music. Uh, blues hammer. If anybody, I get that asked a lot. I'll go ahead and stop the music here. Hey, we've got a couple of really great guests. Two of my favorite people, actually. I was actually, we've been planning this for, what, a month and a half now, yeah. two months. <laughs> so I have uh, Addie Davis and Linda Hudson Hoagland uh, sitting here with me. And these are uh, two members of the Appalachian Authors Guild, and they've. Um, They've had so much that they've worked on over the years, so many books that are out there, and both of you are well-known through the entire area because you've been to so many places signing and selling books, and not just that, but your crafts and your art. And I appreciate you guys uh, sitting down here with me, ladies. This is a kind of, like I said, I've been looking forward to this. Um, let's get, I'm going to kick this off. I'm going to start with uh, with you, uh, Addie. Um, and for those that are looking, want to find her on Amazon, it's Adelie Davis, right? Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Lucinda Harmon saga. You've written four books. Right. Yeah. You uh, grew up in McDowell County, West Virginia in the 50s. and it's set, uh, Tell us a little bit about growing up in McDowell County and how this brought about these, these books. Well, um, I think I was the youngest of ten children, and uh, all, the, all my brothers and sisters were older. So I've just recently realized that I really wasn't a part of the family. I was the observer, you know. I saw everything that was going on, but there was so much age difference. And in big families, children have buddies. If you, like I had, my two older brothers were buddies, and my two older sisters were buddies, and then uh, there was ten children. One of them died in infancy, and so that left nine, and I was the old man out. And uh, I was just a really lonely child, but I, I didn't know I didn't know why I was here. All of these people were doing all these things, and I just I was I could watch. But I know now that that childhood left a wonderful legacy for me to draw on to do all the writing that I do because I really came from a wonderful family. But Mama was sick; she never tended to me. I was the only child raised on a bottle. I was the only one they didn't have a name for because the doctor told Mama she there was no way she could carry me, but she did. I'm here. Now, do these stories that happen, things that happen to you in your childhood, find their way as stories in your books? I, I tell people that the Lucinda's books. There's five girls in the family, and there's little pieces of each one of us in the book. There's a lot of it. Um, all the history is very factual. The, how the roads were, how the the um, morals and things like that, uh, the values that are in the family. Uh, we were non-union. Daddy was a timber contractor. Nobody worked in the mines until my older brother got grown and First, he worked for it with Daddy and Timber, and then he went to the mines. Okay. I want to jump over here, uh, Linda, and kind of um, not only do you have a passion for writing, but you teach it. And you, you just had said, how, how many books have you written? 35. <laughs> now, what made you want to start teaching writing, too? I, I just wanted to share all of the information I had garnered over the years. Uh, people don't. Writers are very bad about keeping everything they know to themselves until they put it down in a book. I wanted to share everything I knew, and I had started doing that when I started teaching, and I love to do it. And I love to watch people who want to be writers 
and are afraid to start it. Um, I love to see them get that first page on that piece of paper, get that first word on that piece of paper so they can actually say they wrote something. What was your first book and what was the spark that set you to write? My first book was called The Little Old Lady Next Door. It was based entirely on my life in Cleveland, Ohio, and it wasn't a good life. It was a survival life. And I was, uh, when I moved there, I was just beginning my teenage years, and when I left, I was 40. And I couldn't wait to get out of there, but it took many years for me to get to that point where I couldn't wait to get out of there. I lived in the inner city of Cleveland. That's not a good place to live. So even when you started that book, were the things that you went through growing up part of that and just... Not really. Okay. The thing is, uh, when I was growing up, I was, my dad was a loner. He wanted to stay a loner, and he wanted us to be loners. So I was never allowed to have friends over. Um, I was rarely allowed to go anywhere at all. But as I got older and got into high school, he had to let loose of those strings. And I did, uh, I was still very naive when I got out of high school. Very naive. Dumb, in other words. Hey, some of us are stuck with that moniker in our 40s now. Yeah, so <laughs> I was dumb. <laughs> but, but I learned quickly. <laughs> yeah, and you know, you've got a, so many different types of books out there. Now, Eddie, um, you know, speaking of how things that you grew up with there in McDowell County impacted you, um, your grandfather taught you to read the Bible, right? He taught me how to make my letters from the Bible. Yeah, that's a unique story. Tell us a little bit about that. Uh, well, we didn't have any paper. I mean, we I never thought of us as poor, but we had nothing much that you could buy from the store. But Dad bought, he did buy flour, and it came in 25-pound bags, and inside of them was purple. So without any other paper, Granddad would take the empty flower bags and tear them apart and make a big purple sheet. And so I guess I started making really big letters. When I, but he, he'd show me how to make them and sometimes hold my hand. And, but he was old, and I, he tended to me a lot. So he taught me my ABCs and how to make those letters out of the Bible. That's the only books we had. That's that's a that's a sweet story, and uh, I, I jotted down a little note here about this little line: the sweet innocence of youth. Yeah. And growing up in, in McDowell County, you wrote something called "The Faith of Hannah." It's a very short book, but tell us about that. Well, uh, you know, we as we get older, we pray, and often we say, "Well, I doubt if the Lord <coughs> He didn't hear my prayer, or whatever." And so we doubt, or we pray, and then we think, "Well." Maybe it'll happen, maybe it won't. But a child, if they believe, they believe with all their heart. And so this, what I was trying to say, if we could get back to the, the, the state that children were in, in their innocence, we'd know when we really prayed that we, the Lord would hear us and it'd be answered. And that's a, that's a beautiful story. And the, the writing the faith of Hannah, uh, that when I was reading about that, I thought, you know, that's, that's a great story and now hopefully you sell a good number of that book i hope people pick that up because it's you know it's a the truth people need to read is, uh, about not doubting and uh, i had someone to tell me the pastor used that in a sermon that little book because he said we get the world creeps in too much and we become cynical and we're full of doubt now uh linda something that you wrote that i thought was kind of uh, real, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's it's a lot about you is onward and upward. Yes. Tell us a little bit about that book. 
Onward and Upward was a uh, way to get away from my Ellen books. Now, my Ellen books, are I love to do them. Um, and I needed to get off onto a ramp, uh, 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 an area that isn't Ellen. So I started doing the uh, book about angels. Now, the angels I write about in that, Onward and Upward, are the angels I design and make. But they have become a big influence on my life, and I believe that they can be an influence on others, too. So when you talk about angels, somebody's listening may not understand exactly what you're talking about. You also have another craft. Yes, you know, I design and that. make angel afghans, and I love to do that. It's one of my biggest uh, ways of relaxation, and I will crochet angels when I can't do anything else. I, my mind doesn't want to focus on writing. I will do angels. And I love to do them. Now, um, we mentioned, Addie, your, your Lucinda Harmon saga. Mm -hmm. You had four books in it. Who is Lucinda Harmon? Lucinda Harmon is a, a, the, a, almost like a ceremony of innocence in that this young girl was born and brought up similar to me. And some of the things that happened to her did happen to me. But also, you grow up with this idealistic view of life and what it should be like and all that and you never know until it, it, you get out in the world and it, and it gets tarnished but the values are already embedded and you know I think at an early age I learned that love helped everything to grow and I think that must have come from granddad and see he, he said your brother the tree he thought everything that had life in it was very precious when did you start writing the Lucinda series? Oh, gosh, it was about 2003. But see, J.C., I had a suitcase full of my early writings because I started, I wrote about the beaches of Normandy in World War II, and I was born in 1934. What was that? A 19, anyway, I was, I was writing poems and little stories, but they all got burned. So how long had you, when did you first start writing, uh, Linda? Well, I started writing, and again, like Addie, I had uh, a uh, bunch of stuff that I had in Ohio, and it was uh, stuff I had written years and years ago. But I recently had my first book published. I wrote it when I was 16, and the book is called um, The Best Darn Secret. And I had never showed it to anybody. And it was my 13th book published because I showed it to a publisher then, and they took it right away. And I thought, gee, I wished I'd have known that 50 years ago. <laughs> my how life might have been a little different. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, now, you, you write so many different things. You write fiction, nonfiction, mystery, cozy mystery, poetry. Um, short stories. Short stories. <laughs> how much of your personal experiences in your poetry versus your books my poetry is uh, really personal to me. Uh, I, I write about events that have happened to me, and I try to get them into a form where you can understand it and read it too, and it makes sense. I want it to make sense to people. I don't like poetry that I can stare at for about two days trying to find the meaning. And I don't have that meaning. <laughs> so, yeah, I do work on it. I, I want my poetry to make sense. I've always had a hard time reading poetry. I'll admit yeah. that. I did, when I was in college, kind of develop a little bit of an appreciation for it. 
but some of it, like you said, it's like I'm trying to figure out what Nostradamus is trying to say. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. you didn't live then. How would you know? So, you know? Uh, but yeah, this is the way some poetry is yeah. structured. Now, Addie, have you written poetry as well? Yes. Uh, I usually, every one of my books has a poem in it. In, in the beginning, I start out, uh, let's see, like this one, I think. I think it's Fate is a Fickle Lover, I think. Yeah, Success is a Fickle Lover. Okay, right at the very beginning. Okay. Yeah, in the very beginning of each book that I write. Now, what, what made you want to put a poem in front of each book? I didn't. You know, I was did rhyming verse even when I was young, and I thought it wasn't poetry because it wasn't. I mean, when I got in high school and they'd say, talk about coals of fire and this, that, and that, and come to find out it was a necklace. And I, you know, it just didn't make any sense to me. So I was afraid to show anything. But for some reason, a poem would start the book. I don't know why. It just does. It does in everything I write. It's like a personal touch or a yeah. personal mm -hmm. signature in it's, a way. That's just the way it is. Uh, that one and this one is a... Uh, the poem. Each one is choices or a chance. No, what book is that? That's this. That's this. Fatal third choices book in and the fatal choices chance. series. In the fatal series, and then see, this is a spinoff. <clears throat> I didn't intend to write a fourth one, but in this book, a woman named Margie Meadows was put on a mitten stand in a murder trial, and she revealed a secret she'd kept all her life, and that's where I got all those emails saying write Margie's story. So this is Margie Meadows' story, and this is part one. I've almost got part two finished. Now, you have all of your books on Amazon. Is that right? Uh, right, yeah. And since, since I moved to Vicky. Now, do you have a website people can yes, find I your do. books? Yes, I do. It's uh, just AdaliaDavis.com. Yeah, because you, you both have really good websites. And you have your Afghans. Yes, I have my Afghans on my website also. Now, I don't have any. Sorry. Lindasbooksandangels.com. Uh, okay. Now, I wanted to ask, I, since COVID hit, um, and I know you two have spent so much time out in the community at functions, fairs, events, uh, even Big Walker Lookout up there on weekends. How has COVID impacted that for you? But did you find time during this period to focus more on the writing? COVID prevented me from meeting and talking to people. Okay. And that's what I do when I go out to sell my books. They want to meet me and I want to meet them. I get to stories from them, um, from just meeting them, uh, and COVID has prevented that. Do I write more? No. I have less time now than I ever did. I do. I really don't write any more than I did. How about for you? I haven't been out to sell my books. See, I haven't been to Big Walker, but I'll start again in May. Uh, and uh, the one, the places I did have, I had Burke's Garden signed up, and they sent my check back because. I couldn't go. The places I've gotten out to is my friend Joe and I have driven all over the country. We went down to Carter Fold and the back roads. Yeah. We, we just get out and drive around, and I've visited a lot of the country that I didn't see before. Took some pictures of old barns and things that I want to paint. But now this, this book I wrote during that, and the thing that I mostly wanted to write, there's this lady. What's the title of that one? It's Raylan's heart. Okay. And right here's where she was when she told her mother she had Jesus in her heart. Oh, okay. And, but I wanted to do this because this lady right here, let me see where she is. Right here. 
she, this woman is 90 years old, and she drives out from western Kentucky and she, in order to take part in that communion service. And it's such a beautiful service because when Raylan saw her and she's got her hands up, she said she looks like she's receiving a gift. It was yeah. so pretty. And so I didn't want... I wrote the blurb on that one. Okay. Uh, yeah. I didn't want this kind of thing that is so precious to pass and be forgotten all about it. Nobody would ever know about it again. And it was a good story. Are and, we running out of time? And uh, Linda wrote the blurb on this one, too, and it thrilled mm -hmm. me. She's so good. Linda's such a good friend. I, I wish people could know the friend I have in Linda. Well, I've noticed that with a lot of the folks here in the Guild. It's a very close-knit group. And, Linda, one, one more before we, uh, before we close up here today, I wanted to ask, I'm going to pick on you a little bit. You had your snooping series, but you've also snooped around a certain uh, crime scene that happened here in Central Appalachia. Yes. It's been national, um, and you're working on a book about that. Is that a, you want to talk a little bit about that? Yes, that one is the uh, Pizza Plus Murders, and uh, I am writing it, and I'm working on it, and he's hounding me about it. <laughs> and it's called, uh, Major Heatley actually named it for me. It's called Death of a Family. And it's exactly what it is. That's a good title because yes. it's, it's a sad, sad story. It is. It's a true true um, story. Um, but you, you're working on that. And, um, I did mention uh, the Snooping series. Mm -hmm. You've got quite a few of those. Of, of your 35 books that are out, <laughs> you've got quite a few of those. Did you want to maybe talk a little bit about that before we... My Snooping group is, is, fun, is a fun, cozy mystery. And it's about a lady with three children, a set of twin daughters and a younger son. And she works as a legal assistant for a, law, a country lawyer, and she knows everybody's business, and she doesn't really want to get into all of the details of everybody's business, but murder seems to be coming out of the woodwork, and she gets involved in every one of them, along with her kids. I know she likes to write a lot about murder. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> great, great way to get things cleared out of your way. <laughs> I wanted to murder a few, but uh, I didn't yet. Oh my goodness! Yet, <laughs> yet. <laughs> but uh, no. But there, there's some there's some great books. Um, if people also want to find uh, not just on your website or on Addie's website, uh, they can go to AppalachianAuthors.com and just go to the members, and you'll find bios on both of you there. Uh, you, you've done so much work. I'm looking forward to more of what you're doing in the future, and. Um, yeah, definitely. I appreciate you sitting down to talk a little bit about your work and share your work. Uh, for those listening, if you want to, um, if you're listening on uh, iTunes or Spotify on your phone, if you go to the uh, website on Facebook for the Foundation for Appalachian Advancement, it's facebook.com forward slash support Appalachia. I'll have the link up that uh, you can share this uh, for those who want to listen to it online. And we'll have some photos of. Uh, Linda and Addie and their books and Afghans, and uh, certainly appreciate you tuning in. And don't forget to subscribe to Appalachian Shine, share it with your friends. Thanks for listening, and we will see you on down the road. Yeah. Yeah.